Good afternoon, people of God. This is Apostle Shirley Evans again. Uh, it's still today. It's still today. It's still October the 8th, 2020. It's still Thursday. I sent out a message this morning. I did not complete that message because my phone kept ringing and broke the message. So I saw where the message had stopped. And so here I am giving you the rest of the message. And God is saying about coming back to our first love. And, and I believe where I stopped was where he was speaking to the church in Pergamos. And we read from Revelation um, chapter two. And I think I might've stopped at verse 14. But let me read from verse 14 to verse 17 to the church in Pergamos. It says, nevertheless, I have a few things against you. You have people there who hold to the teaching of Balaam, who taught Balak to entice the Israelites to sin by eating food, sacrifice to idols, and by committing sexual immorality. Likewise, you also have those who hold to the teaching of the Nicolaitans. Repent therefore, otherwise I will soon come to you. I will fight against them with the sword of my mouth. He who has an heir, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. To him who overcomes, I will give some of the hidden manna. I will also give him a white stone with a new name written on it, known only by him who receives it. And so no matter what, God is getting this message out to you today. It's a sad time for you to hear this message, for you to turn back to your first love. And so Revelation chapter two was 14 to 17. I just read in your hearing. That's to the church in Pergamos. And, and, and so, verse 14, there is room for difference of opinion among Christians in some areas, but there is no room for heresy and moral impurity. Your town might not practice in idol feasts, but it probably has pornography, sexual sin, cheating, gossiping and lying. Don't tolerate sin by bowing to the pressure to be open-minded. You can be in a group of persons and you know they are lying. Do not engage, <coughs> do not engage in that conversation. Walk away from it. Or you can open up your mouth and present them Jesus. And if they are Christians, you open up your mouth and say, would Jesus do this? Is this evil or is this right? Balak was a king who fed the large number of Israelites traveling through his country. So he hired Balaam to pronounce a curse on them. He didn't want them traveling through his country. 
So he hired Balaam to pronounce a curse on them. Balaam refused at first, but an offer of money changed his mind. It's amazing how money could change your mind. So in times like these, when people can't find food and they can't find water, they can't find peace, they can't find money, Christians, if they're not rooted and grounded and established in God and in their faith, because of fear, they will do anything to compromise their belief in God. Because they're not rooted in the faith. That's why for years I've been telling people, you need to truly live by faith and trust God. Trust him where you can't trace him because there will be times when you wonder where you're going to get the next penny from or where the next food is going to come. But if you have that trust and confidence in the God you serve, who said, I will provide all your need, then you will not compromise back to the world. And that's why a lot of Christians are drawing back money, greed, things because they have not reached that confidence, that total trust in faith in God. That's why Jesus said, when he come back on earth, will he find faith? Will he find faith? But an offer of money changed his mind. That's so sad. Later, Balaam influenced the Israelites to turn to idol worship. Here, Christ rebuked the church for tolerating those who, like Balaam, the spirit of Balaam, lead people away from God. Verse 16, repent, therefore, Otherwise, I will soon come to you and will fight against them with the sword of my mouth. This sword is God's judgment against rebellious nations. That's what's happening right now. And all forms of sin. Verse 17, the hidden manna. He who has an heir, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. To him who overcomes, I will give some of the hidden manna. I will also give him a white stone with a new name written on it, known only to him who receives it. Some years ago, I went to sleep. And next thing I knew, I was caught up in a vision in my dream. I was taken to heaven. Hear me. And where I was, the streets, I cannot describe the gold because it's nothing like no gold down here. As a matter of fact, the rivers, you can hear music in the rivers. And the lilies or the flowers in, 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 inside the rivers, they, the music was coming out of it. And I was taken to a huge, 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 huge building. And in the building, there were 24 elders sitting down dressed in white robes. And I'm telling you that the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit was around our table. And they began to speak to me. And I'm listening, and I'm listening to the words that they're saying to me. 
and it is so glorious i did not want to come back and when i realized he was saying that you have to go back it was like i don't want to come back from this place this sacred this 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 place that you can't even it's hardly you can hardly describe it and all of a sudden the, the last words to me you have to go back on what happened he placed a white stone the shape of an egg the shape of an egg a white did you hear me say white w-h-i-t-e stone in my hands and say no you have to go back and take this i didn't understand when i came out of it i didn't even wanted to get up because i wanted to be back in that place and after a while he took me in the whole book of revelation i took two weeks off from work vacation just to eat up revelation and that's when i got the understanding of what that stone was the end time word the gospel that has to be preached to his people and i understand now why i have this such this 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 is insatiable thirst to spread it because he's given me the mandate he's placed it hidden manner suggests the spiritual nourishment that the faithful believers will receive as the israelites travel toward the promised land god provided manna from heaven for their physical nourishment jesus as the bread of life provides spiritual nourishment that satisfies our deepest hunger it is unclear that the white stones are of exactly what the names on earth will be. Ah, then I had a vision caught up in my deep sleep and he gave me my new name. He gave it to me. He said, You're not, your, your name is no longer Shirley. And he gave me a new name. Blessed be the name of the Lord. So it is not it is unclear what the white stones are or exactly what the names on each will be because they relate to the hidden manna they may be symbols of the believers eternal nourishment or eternal life the stones are significant because each will bear the new name of every person who truly believes in christ You know, for my as a child, they used to say, you you just peculiar. And at an early age, I didn't even know what the word peculiar meant. But I do know, I guess different. Some of us are the peculiar treasures. You're just different. You can't fit. They are the evidence that a person has been accepted by God and declared worthy to receive eternal life. A person's name represented his or her character. God will give us new names and new hearts. Give me a new heart, Lord, that I may love my brother. Give me a pure heart, Lord that I may love my sister. Give me a pure heart, Lord, 
that I may love no matter. Give me a new heart, Lord, that I may love my sister. God will give us new names and new hearts. Thyatira was a working man's town with many trade guilds of cloth making, dyeing and pottery. Lydia, Paul's first convert in Philippi, was a merchant from Thyatira. The city was basically secular with no focus on any particular religion, none. Verse 19, that's to the church in Thyatira, but we had read that before and um, I am going to read it again. These are the words of the Son of God, whose eyes are like blazing fire and whose feet are like burnished bronze. I know your deeds, your love and faith, your service and perseverance, and that you are now doing more than you did at first. Busy. Nevertheless, I have this against you. You tolerate that woman Jezebel who calls herself a prophetess by her teaching she misleads my servants into sexual immorality and the eating of food sacrificed to idols. I have given her time to repent of her immorality, but she is unwilling. So I will cast her on a bed of suffering and I will make those who commit adultery with her suffer intensely unless they repent of her ways. I will strike her children dead. Then all the churches will know that I am he who searches hearts and minds, and I will repay each of you according to your deeds. Now I say to the rest of you in Thyatira, to you who do not hold to her teaching and have not learned Satan's so-called deep secrets, I will not impose any other burden on you. Only hold on to what you have until I come. To him who overcomes and does my will to the end, I will give authority over the nations. He will rule them with an iron scepter. He will dash them to pieces like pottery. Just as I have received authority from my father, I will also give him the morning star. He who has an heir, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Open my ears, Lord, and teach me to listen. Open my eyes, Lord, I want to see Jesus. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Verse 19. The believers in Thyatira were commended for growing in good deeds. A lot of churches doing good deeds. They even have a particular time of the year and they call it Good Deeds Sunday. Good deeds. We should not feel satisfied with our church. We should not feel satisfied when our church only rejoices in the salvation of its members or in the comfort of gathering for worship. 
we should grow in love, faith, and acts of service. Because the times are critical. I hear the Holy Spirit say he's redeeming the time. The time is short. The days have been shortened. The hour is late. Because the times are critical, we must spend our days wisely and faithfully. Verse 20. Nevertheless, I have this against you. You tolerate that woman Jezebel who calls herself a prophetess. By her teaching, she misleads my servants into sexual immorality and the eating of food sacrificed to idols. A woman in the church in Thyatira was teaching that immorality was not a serious matter for believers. Her name may have been Jezebel. It just could have been the spirit of Jezebel. A spirit of Jezebel, which is a spirit of witchcraft and rebellion and disobedient. We're not sure that her name really was Jezebel, but it was a spirit. Or John may have used the name Jezebel to symbolize the kind of evil she was promoting. Jezebel, a pagan queen of Israel, was considered the most evil woman who ever lived. And the spirit is not dead. The spirit is still in operation all over the world, including in the church. And that spirit does not only be in a woman, a man can have the spirit operating in him. Let's get it right. Verse 20 again. Why is sexual immorality serious? Because sight, sex outside marriage always hurts someone. Sex outside marriage always hurts someone. It hurts God because it shows that we prefer to satisfy our desires our own way instead of according to God's word or to satisfy them now instead of waiting for his timing. It hurts others because it violates the commitment so necessary to a relationship. Okay, we're talking about sexual relationship with a man. But guess what? If we are the bride of Christ, but yet we are still in bed with the world, that means that we are having spiritual, sexual relationship with the world. And it hurts God. That is, that's why he says, look, come back to your first love. Not just worship God in word, but in spirit and in truth. Totally yield to his love. Your body can't be here with him, but your mind is somewhere else in the world having desires, intimate desires for the world and not intimate desires for God. Help us, Jesus, to understand this word. 
It hurts God because it shows that we prefer to satisfy our desires our own way instead of according to God's word or to satisfy them now instead of waiting for his timing. You know, a lot of people supposedly say they fall in love, but it's infatuation. And they jump and next thing you know, they're in bed. Next thing you know, they're not only in bed, but they get married and they didn't wait on God and whoop, they're out of bed and now they're crying to God, God help me. Let us wait on God. Let us fill ourselves with the word of God and the desires of God. Let us get complete in him and wait for him to bring us the groom. Wait. Blessed be the name of the Lord Jesus. It hurts God because it shows that we prefer to satisfy our desires our own way instead of according to God's word or to satisfy them now instead of waiting for his timing. It hurts others because, because it violates the commitment so necessary to a relationship. It hurts us because it often brings disease to our bodies. I want you to hear what I just said. It hurts God. But it hurts us because it often brings disease to our bodies and adversely affects our personalities. Sexual immorality has tremendous power to destroy families, churches, and communities because it destroys the integrity on which these relationships are built. God wants to protect us from hurting ourselves and others. Thus, we are to have no part in sexual immorality, even if our culture accepts it. And I'm very passionate in speaking this. Because years ago when I was married, the man I was married to, he must have had about 20 women. Sexual immorality. But thank God. Be to God, God had a shield on me because he kept me from diseases. Oh my God, thank you, Jesus, for shielding me. Oh, blessed be the name of the Lord. You delivered me. You covered me. Oh, blessed be the name of the Lord for covering a lot of us. And the thing about it, the man could be out there, go a whoring, but the women too could do that. But when we repent and come back to Jesus, he covers us. He protects us. Oh, thank you, Jesus, for your mercy and your grace. If anybody can receive these words that I'm speaking, and anyone can open up their mouth and say, they never sin, they're the first liars. Because we're all born in sin, shaped in iniquity. And we all have tendency for desires of sin and even the sexual immorality but god the love and the grace verse 20 again in pagan temples meat was often offered to idols then the meat that was wasn't burned was sold 
to shoppers in the temple marketplace. Eating meat offered to idols wasn't wrong in itself, but it could violate the principle of sensitivity toward weaker Christian brothers and sisters who would be bothered. Jezebel was obviously more concerned about her own selfish pleasure and freedom than about the needs and concerns of fellow believers. Listen, if somebody is going to give invite you a feast, and you know that feast that they're having is to worship idols, is that's what it's for? You could walk away. You don't have to eat with them. You don't have to. You don't have to compromise. Verse 21. Jezebel was unwilling to repent. A rebellious spirit and a disobedient spirit and a spirit of witchcraft, they're not bowing. They do not want to repent. If you find anybody like that with an unrepenting heart, then you know what spirit is in operation in them. Jezebel was unwilling to repent. Repent means to change our mind and direction from following our way to following God's way. Let me say that again. Repent means to change our mind and direction from following our way to following God's way from sin and its disastrous consequences to God and eternal life. So we need to repent and turn from our direction of the world and of sin because it's disastrous and the consequences is disastrous. So we need to turn to God and eternal life. In his mercy, God has given us time to decide to follow him. Only our stubborn willfulness stands in the way. That's the mountain that stands in the way. Only our stubborn, the mountain of stubbornness, only our stubborn willfulness stands in the way of repenting. Verse 23. I will strike her children dead. Then all the churches will know that I am he who searches hearts and minds, and I will repay each of you according to your deeds. Now the children mean I'm going to strike the rebellious and the disobedience and the ones who in witchcraft, the rebellious who won't turn to me. They're going to be struck dead. Yeah, I have a half a heart of compassion, but I reading, I'm telling you what the word of God says. I'm not going to go against what the word of God says. All we need to do is come from under that spirit and turn to the spirit of truth and turn to God and yield to him. Then we wouldn't be under that. We wouldn't be under that like when Lot and his family was going, his wife fell right under that judgment. And so we, God has given us time to decide to follow him and time is running out. Time is running out. Only our stubborn willfulness stands in our way. Verse 23. 
we can hide from Christ. Yeah, we can hide from Christ. If you go in hell, if you go to the bottom of the sea, he'll find you. He knows what is in our hearts and minds. And still he loves us. Still he loves us. So I say if you go to the bottom of the sea, because of his love, he come and looking for you. If you go to the bottom of hell, he come and looking for you and getting you out of that because he loves you. Just turn to him. The sins we try to hide from God need to be confessed to him. The Bible says, if you say you have no sin, you deceive yourself. And the truth is not in you, but if you confess your sins, he is faithful and just to forgive you of your sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. We need to confess it to him. He will forgive us. Verse 24 and verse 25. The deep secrets of Satan were either false teaching advocated by heretics or secret insights by so-called believers guaranteed to promote deeper spiritual life. We should hold tightly to the basics of our Christian faith and view with caution and counsel any new teaching that turns us away from the Bible. There's so much new teaching that is turning the people to them, to them. Because the people's eyes are glittering because they see money. Sow this, reap this, sow this, reap this, get this. Oh, help us, Jesus. Walk through these churches who need to teach the truth. Those people with the itchy ears. God. I ask you to blow the truth in those ears so they will hear the truth. Blessed be the name of the Lord Jesus. We should hold tightly to the basics of our Christian faith and view with caution and counsel any new teaching that turns, up, turns us away from the Bible. The fellowship of our church or our basic confession of faith. Verse 26 and verse 27. Christ says that those who overcome, those who remain faithful and in the, until the end and continue to please God will rule over Christ's enemies and reign with him as he judges evil. Verse 28. I will also give him the morning star Verse 29, he who has an heir, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Christ is called the morning star. A morning star appears just before dawn. When the night is coldest and darkest, when the world is at its bleakest point, that's where we are, Christ will burst onto the scene exposing evil with his light of truth and bringing his promised reward. Where are we? What side are we? Are we in love with the world or are we in love with Jesus? I pray that we will turn back to our first love. 
our first love he's calling us back he is the way he is the truth he is the life no man cometh under the father but by me he is calling us to come back to our first love and i pray when this word reaches you it will go deep deep inside of you and god will illuminate you with a revelation with more revelation and to let you know why we need to at this time turn to him listen there are people who are not seeing tomorrow but what if we or someone never gave them the gospel and led them to jesus but they were led to their pastors and suddenly the pastor died overnight huh so their god would have gone no turn your eyes upon jesus turn your eyes upon jesus look full in his wonderful face and the things of this world will go strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace love not the world nor the things of the world it's time to turn back to your first love He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Lover of my soul, your faithful light, no other. You are kind and true. I love you like no other Jesus 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 you're my friend forever Jesus Jesus Jesus, you're my friend forever. My prayer is when you get this message, that his grace, his mercy overshadow you. His love surrounds you. And I pray that the joy of the Lord will be your strength. And Father, Keep them from the evil one. I ask you to keep them safe in the name of Jesus. Bless them this day. And God, if you have called them into ministry, give them no rest until they do what you've called them to do because the time is late. And you said we are to work while it is yet day. The night cometh when no man can work. Give us, God, that love back to you. The love 
back to you the love father protect them god bless you i love you and no matter what stay on course whatever he asks you to do do it because he will give you the grace to do it he will give you the grace to overcome in the name of jesus i love you and stay safe have a blessed day this is apostle shirley evans still on the wall still witnessing for jesus till still love him real real love because he places love inside of me and i pray that you will get this insatiable love too i love you god bless you